It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Quick Quack Car Wash. Fast, clean, loved, everywhere. Also by Provo Land Title. Buying, selling, or refinancing? Close with the pros at Provo Land Title. Relax. PLT has you covered. And by First Colony Mortgage, your trusted lender for all your mortgage needs. Visit firstcolonymortgage.com. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. 49-23, BYU dominates UCF in the Boca Raton Bowl. Welcome into Cougar Post Game Live. Boy, what a performance for the BYU Cougars tonight to wrap up the 2020 college football season. BYU with that victory, now 11-1. and You could not have asked for a better performance tonight. And so many of the questions that we had regarding this BYU team and this game were answered very, very quickly. Would they be motivated? Absolutely, they were motivated. They were the more motivated team in this game. How would the BYU defense fare against the high-octane Knights offense? Boy, they performed admirably. And I don't even worry about the 23 points. This game was over in the third quarter. So any of the points that were scored in the second half, you had seven. You had a touchdown, and then uh, you had 7-6. and six. You had 13 points scored in the second half. I, I don't lend any credence to those points whatsoever. It does not bother me one bit they were able to get those points in the second half. This BYU defense dominated a, an offense in UCF that was just putting up unbelievable numbers. Now, they still finished with 411 yards, but that is about 170 yards under what they came in averaging. So a big-time pat on the back to this BYU defense that came in and answered that question immediately. Also, What a game for Zach Wilson. 26 of 34, 425 yards, three touchdowns in what was likely his last game as a BYU Cougar. You could not have asked for a better way to go out and to showcase his skills on a national level to the National Football League. Now, again, still waiting for the official word. Um, They had mentioned on the television broadcast tonight that uh, Zach expects to make some decision sometime before the new year, maybe sooner. I I don't think it's going to be something that's drawn out much longer, but uh, until he makes it official, there's always a chance he comes back, but I think all of us would be very surprised, shocked would probably be closer to the correct word if he decided to come back uh, because this is a guy that's going to be a very high NFL draft pick come the the spring. And he had an unbelievable performance. Not only did he have the three touchdowns uh, through the air, uh, but he also ran for two touchdowns. And speaking of the running game, let's not overlook what Tyler Algier did. BYU ran for 214 yards on the ground. 173 of those yards came from Tyler Algier on 19 carries. He averaged 9.1 yards per carry. He had a touchdown on the day. He was dominant. He absolutely dominated on the ground for BYU. Then you had Lopini Katoa who came in, seven carries for 21 yards. But let's be honest, Lopini's Katoa's biggest play of the entire game was going full extension on a catch. He ended up on the night uh, receiving four for 90 he was uh, brilliant. And speaking of the receiving yards, listen to these no, these totals. You talk about the offense and the receiving yards being spread out over the entire team. Dax Milne, 70 yards. 
Isaac Rex, 96 yards. Neil Pau, 86. Lopini Katoa, as I just mentioned, 90. Tyler Algier, 60 to go along with his 173 rushing yards. Then you had Zach Wilson, who actually, yes, caught a pass, 16 yards. Gunnar Romney, 12. Chris Jackson with 11. BYU's offense... BYU's offense was spread out all over everybody. Cole, you had mentioned something in my ear. We're going to do a little producing on the air. What did you just tell me? Okay, let's head back to FAU Stadium and rejoin Greg Rubel. Kind of give us an idea of what some of the festivities are there at the stadium. Greg? Yeah, so in normal circumstances, Jason, we would maybe head it down to Mitchell Jurgens, and he'd be with a player and, and be doing, you know, side-by-side, face-to-face interviews, of course, in the COVID, area, uh, COVID era. You know, we don't do that. We have, you know, Kalani socially distanced at halftime, those kinds of things. And so we're not doing what we might normally do for a post-game situation. We will have our normal post-game Zoom press conference and one-on-one headset interviews later. But for right now, what's happening on the field is the BYU players have uh, begun to do a lap around the stadium. Uh, all of the BYU fans here in Boca Raton, and there are a lot of them, a lot of blue in the stands. They've all come down to you know the front row level so they can uh, ring the stadium and uh, greet the Cougars who are basically doing a lap around this building to uh, spend some time with all the BYU fans who have shown up here in South Florida. And there were, there were about 6,000 fans in the stands. Let's have the PA announcement now for award winners. They're going to present the trophies team and individual here momentarily at FAU Stadium. BYU a winner 49-23 over the Knights in the 2020 Boca Raton Bowl. Here we go. Thank you for being here for another great bowl game. On behalf of the staff of the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, we appreciate your attendance. But let me say thank you to UCF, their student-athletes, their fans, their coaches, their administrators. They exhibited class and character all week. We welcomed them, and we'd love to see them again someday in our game. So thank you, UCF. At this time, we're going to present our trophies. We're going to start with the championship trophy. With me, our Boca Raton Mayor, Scott Singer, Councilperson Yvette Drucker. At this time, Mayor Singer, let's give away some hardware. Terrific. Thank you, Doug. Coach Sataki and team captains, would you please approach the awards table? The award table is set up in the uh, south end zone, or just outside the south end zone here at uh, FAU Stadium. Brady Christensen, Zach Wilson joining head coach Kalani Sitake right now around that area. There's one major bowl trophy for the team, and then smaller individual Coach, awards. Captains, Troy Warner also on there. On behalf of the city of Boca Raton, it is our pleasure to award to you the 2020 RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl Championship Trophy. Please lift it up. It is yours, and you've earned it well. Kalani grabs the trophy, lifts it over his head, shares it first with uh, Troy Warner. Warner passing it along to Brady Christensen, Zach Wilson, and Zane Anderson, also in the group of captains with the trophy in their possession. The rest of the Cougars are all lined up about 10 yards away in a group. The captains hoisting the championship trophy to get the postgame Next, ceremonies we're underway. we award our most outstanding player trophies. Before we do that, let me offer congratulations to the BYU Cougars. 
to your fans, your student athletes, your coaches, and your administrators. You're a great champion of this game. Congratulations. Coach Singer, Mayor Singer, please award the most outstanding player trophies. Thank you, Doug. The most outstanding, the outstanding player award for offense without surprise goes to record setter quarterback Zach Wilson. Zach claiming his trophy. Captain Isaiah Kafusi also part of the captain's group now. Kyrus Tonga taking the trophy. Left. So Zach lifts up his offensive MVP award as Kyrus holds on tightly to the team the trophy. The outstanding performance by defensive player goes to linebacker Keaton Peely. Keenan led BYU in tackles, nine stops, two of them solo. <laughs> Keenan grabs his hardware. And the outstanding performer on special teams, returner Caleb Christensen. Congratulations Three. to you all and to the entire BYU Cougar team and family. Three kickoff returns for Caleb Christensen, 68 yards, along of 31 on this night. Those are your three MVPs, all from BYU on a night the Cougars defeat UCF by a final again, score of 49-23. Congratulations to the BYU Cougars, and please get home safely. All right, Jason, that's the uh, update from Boca Raton. The awards have been handed out. We'll kick it back to you. Thank you very much, Greg. We'll take our first time out here on Cougar Post Game Live. Still hoping to be able to hear, at least in the next couple of segments, from the BYU players and coaches. Uh, we'll see if that happens. Otherwise, we'll uh, do that during the Cougar Locker Room Show. But coming up on the other side, uh, if we can't hear from the players and coaches, we'll get to some scores from earlier today in both college football and, hey, in the NBA. The NBA back in action, tipping off tonight. BYU gets the win. They close out the season with a record of 11-1 with a 49-23 victory over UCF. More Cougar Post Game Live coming up right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU 49, UCF 23. BYU wins the Boca Raton Bowl. They end the 2020 college football season with a record of 11-1. We were talking about the fantastic evening for Zach Wilson. Let's be honest, a fantastic season for the BYU quarterback. But tonight, he broke the. Uh, he has the new BYU single-season completion record. It's set at 73.5% now. That surpasses Steve Young, who has held that record since 1983. His uh, pass, his uh, completion percentage was 71.9. So Zach Wilson, the new BYU single-season completion record holder. So congratulations to him. So this is what uh, postgame will look like. Uh, it's our understanding now that the UCF players and coaches uh, because they were the losers in this game, are going to go first. A lot of times you'll actually see the winning team go first, but uh, for this bowl game they're going to have the the winning team uh, go last. Uh, let's actually listen in to the UCF head coach, uh, Josh Heupel, as he talks after his team loses 49-23 to BYU. Do we have that audio? We're working on that audio right now. 
Interesting game, though, for, for BYU and the way that the defense played. I mentioned holding this high-octane Knights offense, again, to 411 yards. That's nothing to, to sneeze about, but that's 170, almost 180 yards less than what they averaged coming in. So just an unbelievable defensive performance. I know the offense gets so much attention, and rightfully so. They've been fantastic this entire year, uh, but the defense played great tonight. We're still working on getting that audio, Coach Heupel. Uh, let's get to uh, some of the scores from earlier today, and by some, I mean the other bowl game. It was the Idaho Potato Bowl, Nevada and Tulane. The Wolfpack get the win 38-27. The rest of the bowl schedule will look like this. Let's see here. Starting tomorrow, you have two bowl games. You have the New Orleans Bowl between Georgia Southern and Louisiana Tech, and then the Montgomery Bowl between Memphis and Florida Atlantic. On Thursday, on Christmas Eve, it is the New Mexico Bowl played in Frisco, Texas. Hey, it's 2020. What are you going to do? Houston taking on uh, Hawaii. And then on Friday, on Christmas Day, there actually is a bowl game uh, between Buffalo and Marshall. Then on Saturday, you have the First Responders Bowl, the University of Texas San Antonio versus number 19, Louisiana, Western Kentucky, and Georgia State in the Lending Tree Bowl. And then this one actually should be a pretty interesting game. I'm actually uh, looking forward to uh, watching this one. Uh, the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl between Liberty and number 12, Coastal Carolina. Uh, throughout the night, we were mentioning the breaking news in college football. Auburn has a new head coach, and it is now former Boise State Broncos head coach Brian Harson. He is uh, now the new head coach at Auburn, so the Boise State Broncos looking for a new head coach. So they'll be uh, under a new uh, coach by the time they come to Provo next year. Uh, how are we doing on the audio for the UCF head coach? We have Josh Heupel yet? All right. All right. So we're going to take a break, come back. If we can get to that, we will. Uh, otherwise, uh, we'll get to some other scores and some other news and notes before we wrap things up and send you back to Florida. BYU gets the win 49-23 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Jason Shepard for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU beats UCF 49-23 in the Boca Raton Bowl. The head coach of the Knights, Josh Heupel, still addressing the media. Let's listen in. Um, when you look back now, I know it's hard to do this in the moment, but when you look back at the season that was, what stands out to you about these past 10 weeks? Uh, it's been the most unique year uh, dating back uh, all the way to uh, to the end of uh, a spring ball when we dispersed. Uh, we were on spring break. Um there's nothing um, easy. Uh, there's nothing that was uh, was normal. Um, our guys, I, I told them in the locker room, um, there's a lot of positive things that we did uh, to stay together and uh, become closer, uh, handling all different kinds of adversity uh, during the course of the season. This is another set of it, another form of it. Uh, we need to be better uh, from it, through it. Um, but um, it's been a unique, a unique year for sure. Matt, Michelle, Matt, do you have questions? Yes, I do. Josh, did the layoff hurt you guys any? I mean, you guys hadn't played since November 27th. Did that kind of hurt you guys a little bit And when it came to momentum? Anytime you're playing a bowl game uh, and you have, you know, four weeks off, uh, I think you're 
you're always concerned about um, not being as crisp or as sharp uh, in some of the the execution. Uh, and when I'm talking about that, a lot of times it's your skill guys on, on the offensive side of the ball. It's rhythm, it's timing in your pass game. Um, um, you, you try to put yourself in the best position. You do some good on good work to, to make sure that you're getting the speed of the game. Uh, we weren't our, our best tonight. Um, part of that was BYU. Part of that's, uh, that's us not, uh, not executing either. Josh, do you, do you plan on, do you think to make some changes in the offseason because of what happened this year? Yeah, I mean, the expectations for us are, are to, uh, to win every time we go out on the football field. That's the belief inside of our, our program. And, uh, you know, this is obviously the, the three games that uh, are one possession games. Um, we got to find a way to be on the right way that, that one play. Uh, this one tonight uh, is different. That's the first time that, uh, that we've gotten beaten in this way since I've been here. Um, and uh, we're missing guys. Yep, absolutely. But uh, we need to be good enough, whoever's out there, um, the 11 guys that are out there to play at a championship level. All right, let's go with Mike Bianchi. Mike? Yeah. You're muted, Mike. Coach, how hard is it to evaluate this season when it has been so unprecedented and, you know, all, all the turnover and all of that? Is it hard to harder to evaluate this season? Not hard to evaluate. At the end of the day, you you line them up and you play them, man. That's the great thing about college football. Um, competitive arena, you walk off the field, the scoreboard says you're either good enough or you're not. Uh, it's as simple as it is. And uh, when you're not on the right scoreboard, uh, right side of the scoreboard, uh, you weren't good enough. Um, we all we all got to get better um, for us to to go do the things that uh, that we want to do. Also, how much will you evaluate your defense during the off season? Uh, you're, you're, we're going to evaluate everything uh, we do every every year. Uh, you're trying to incre- incrementally get, get better in, in every sense of the way, and um, you know that that comes in all fashions. Okay, we're starting to run a little bit long here, so um, let's say anybody else that has any questions, please uh, pop into the chat and and, uh, and uh, let us know, please. Yeah, hey, Mitch, this is Charlie McCarthy with the AP. Uh, Josh, I just wanted to ask you your impressions of Wilson that you've seen him in person, and just how frustrating was it after that first quarter to be down the way you were? Uh, disappointing in the first quarter. Uh, obviously, we did not start fast uh, in any phase of the game. Um, you know, defensively, got to find a way to get off the field. Um, had him in a couple third and longs um, after the first drive, I believe. Um, you know, offensively, um, obviously did not start the first drive the way we wanted to. Uh, had a chance on our second and third drive to to get some points out of it, um, do some things that uh, you can't do against a good football team. Um, he, he He's a great player, right? That's why he's viewed the way that he is by the, uh, by the NFL. Um, Got good arm talent, good decision maker, takes care of the ball, athletic enough to make plays with his feet, um, does a good job, good good decision maker. All right, that's uh, UCF head coach Josh Heupel. His postgame comments after BYU wins the Boca Raton Bowl 49-23. to All right, that's going to do it for the for Cougar postgame live. Coming up on the other side, it is the Cougar Locker Room Show. You will be able to hear from BYU coaches and players speaking at the podium after a very big win and ending the 2020 season with a record of 11-1. Final score from FAU Stadium in Boca Raton, Florida. BYU defeats UCF by a score of 49-23, and you heard it all right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the... uh 
FAU Stadium in Boca Raton, Florida. BYU defeats UCF by a score of 49-23 in the Boca Raton Bowl. Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson with you in our broadcast booth. Mitchell Jurgens down in the Cougar locker room and press conference area. Speaking of which, as soon as Kalani Sitake and BYU players take the podium, we'll join back in to hear what they have to say. And we'll also speak with Kalani one-on-one or one-on-two a little later and maybe even a BYU player on the headset as well. BYU is a winner, 49-23, in a game that featured no turnovers. Neither neither team gave the ball away, but on downs. BYU did have a couple of turnovers on downs tonight, and uh, that was really it for BYU in terms of uh, productivity they didn't get out of this game. Uh, the Cougars had a kneel down to end the first half. They had a turnover on downs in the first half, a turnover on downs in the second half, and then when the game was uh, clearly out of reach, they had one punt, only one punt in the game, and then a kneel down in victory formation to end the game as BYU wins it by 26 in a bowl that has featured essentially uh, nothing but blowouts in now its seven-year history. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Zach Wilson leading BYU to the win here tonight in Boca Raton. Zach, another massive day pass efficiency-wise, 210.6 is tonight's pass efficiency rating. And uh, he'd already blown out of the water uh, the record for most career games with a pass efficiency of 200 or better. Riley, he is clearly going to have spoiled us. Uh, His quarterbacking was so um, above average this year. The numbers he put up were so eye-popping in so many ways. Um, You know, we're we're going to remember at some point that, um, you know, quarterbacks sometimes make mistakes, but Zach's didn't make too many of them this year. Well, numbers are what numbers are, and you have to – you have to – measure things right to know where people stand and all that but coming into this game people were putting side by side Zach Wilson and Dylan Gabriel because they had comparable numbers but when you actually watch the gameplay and you watch like when Gabriel would miss his guys would like you know give up like they didn't even bother reaching for the ball because it was so far when Zach misses it's like oh man I put it on his shoulder pad rather than on the third bar on the upper part of the right side of his face mask you know what I mean and it just became so commonplace we got so spoiled back shoulder throws that his receivers have every Gabriel try and look not that Gabriel's the measuring stick but just it was billed as a as a duel between two quarterbacks that were seen as equal equal producers Mm -hmm. right I mean Dylan would miss a back shoulder and the ball would skip four yards behind his guy Zach first of all he rarely missed a back shoulder and and if he did his guy it was because his guy was getting held and he still got two hands on the ball and all that stuff but to your point Greg we're absolutely we have absolutely been spoiled in watching him play I also wanted to let's not breeze over the fact that he rushed for 12 touchdowns I mean outside of Taysom I bet that's probably we'll have to get stats on this for a career uh, 15 for a career 15, yeah. but 12 of which came this season, right? Came uh, 10, into the game 10 with 10. ten no, came in with 8. Oh, came in yeah. with 8. Okay, sorry. I, I got mixed up. So, but either way. Re- regardless, 33 passing, 10 rushing. Those 10 rushing touchdowns outside of Taysom have to be BYU record uh, there. And uh, well, so we'll get stats on that. But let's not forget that. He's a complete player. He was a threat down in the red zone. So not to mention all the big plays and everything that he did and all the touchdowns to Isaac Rex and, and just controlling the offense and manipulating defense and all that stuff. Once he got down there, he was able to be a weapon of himself 
uh, putting the ball in the end zone with his legs. So an absolute complete player, and it's been fun to see his growth, see him from, you know, and it's nice that he ends in a bowl performance like he did tonight because that's how he started. That's how we kind of got debuted to Zach. He made the transition from Tanner Mangum to Zach Wilson midway through that season. Zach goes 18 for 18 in the Potato Bowl, has the sophomore year where he's struggling, coming back from injuries and battling injuries throughout the year, comes back this year and absolutely takes an exponentially a rocket ship ride up that culminates in this bowl performance of three passing, two rushing, over 450 total yards of offense. Uh, what a way to go out. And becomes only the third BYU quarterback all-time all with two bowl wins. Of course, if he were to return for another year, he'd have a chance to set that record by himself. Uh, nobody expects that will happen. This uh, is projected by all to be essentially a swan song, as we, we thought it might be coming into the game. And if that is indeed the case, uh, no better way to go out than with a win and a career high in passing yards and records of plenty being set by Zach Wilson and BYU this year. So I mentioned third BYU quarterback with two bowl wins. He was already only the third quarterback with three bowl starts. Started that potato bowl, that perfect game a couple of years ago. Uh, BYU took the bowl L last year and then uh, coming back with a win this year to end the 2020 season at 11-1, and one. and uh, last 11-win season came 11 years ago. The last one-loss season came 24 years ago. That was in a 15-game year. This is a 12-game year. But, you know, I mean, 12 games used to be the norm. Uh, I mean, th- this season was abbreviated, but not by much. Yes, BYU's played uh, 13 essentially every year since uh, teams were allowed 12 regular season games. But uh, 12 used to be the norm. In fact, Bronco Mendenhall's first year was a 12-game season. BYU went 6-6 six and six that year. Let's take a break. We'll come back and head down to the press conference area here from Kalani next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Ita just waiting for the BYU press conference setup to be complete and ready to go. The media are standing by in the uh, in the video conferencing chat room, if you will. And as soon as the uh, podium picture is live with Kalani at the seat, Kalani and or players, we will take that and bring that to you. Riley Nelson and Greg Rubel with you in the broadcast booth. Mitchell Jurgens down at field level around the press conference and locker room area. And we'll have both the uh, video conferencing, press conference commentary, plus headset commentary as we continue from the Boca Raton Bowl, where BYU is a winner, 49-23 to over UCF. Career highs set by Zach Wilson for passing yardage at 425, and Tyler Algier for rushing yardage at 173. On a night, BYU goes for 655 yards in total offense. I mentioned earlier that that's only the, uh, the second time ever that BYU's had uh, 600 yards or more in a postseason game. The last time came in a loss, and that was 651. This is a new record at 655 for postseason. Kalani is at the podium. Let's join him now. All right, we're going to go ahead and start uh, Coach Satake's press conference. Uh, Coach, if you want to just give us an opening statement on the ballgame, then we'll open it up. Of course. Uh, uh, thankful for the, the game, for the opportunity to play in this game. Uh, I want to thank, first of all, the Roofclaim.com, Boca Raton Bowl, uh, for inviting us. It was a pleasure to be here. The hospitality uh, that they show us was awesome. Love this area. The people here were awesome. So thank you very much for that. And um, also want to express our gratitude to uh, UCF for the game, a quality opponent. 
things just went our way tonight, you know, but I, I know they're a well-coached team. Uh, coach Heupel is a great coach, and he has a great staff, and those guys will be back again, you know, so they'll be ready to roll. And, and uh, I think we just things just happened for us real quick and, and uh, you know, worked in our favor. So uh, I'm glad that we got the win. Really proud of our, our team, proud of our players, our coaches, and uh, excited about the result. Um, obviously, we feel like we can do some things better, and but I, I saw a lot of young guys that are going to be back next year show up and, and make a difference for us, and, and uh, I'm looking forward to those guys playing in 2021. So that being said, uh, grateful that we got to play our, our 12th game and really thankful that we have this game of football to, to play, and, and I know there's a lot of people that work um, really hard and, and uh, to get us to play this game, and, and I hope they know how much we appreciate them, and uh, I'm speaking for our players and for our coaches, our program. We're, we're thankful for this opportunity to play the game, and and uh, really enjoyed uh, the whole season. So thank you very much. I'll take any questions you guys have. Our first question will be from Jared Lloyd. Jared, go ahead. Sorry about that. It's different, uh, different system. Sorry, Kalani. Talk about the way your defense played in that game. You knew how good UCF's offense was and the way they came out and held them to 10 through much of the game. <laughs> Scored a couple late, but talk about the way that defense performed. Yeah, I'm proud of Coach Tuyaki, Coach Lamb, Coach Hadley, Coach Guilford. Um, that, in, in uh, you know, in connection with the uh, graduate assistants and the analysts that we have on our team, on our coaching stuff on the defense side, did an amazing job. So, really thankful that we're going to have a great game plan. I felt like we were destructive as a team. Uh, obviously. We felt like we had a lot of plays out there that we could have made, but you have to give credit for UCF and and uh, for Gabriel being able to uh, you know run. And he's athletic and being able to find ways to create more uh, time for himself on in, in the passing game. Run game got out of uh, got out a few runs, but I felt like we were able to corral it for the most part and not not uh, allow them to break big ones. But really proud of the defense. Uh, I would have taken 23 points in a heartbeat if you told me that before the game. And um, and even with that being said, I was still frustrated at the end because I felt like uh, we we gave up we gave up too many easy plays, and then a lot of that has to do with um, some fundamentals and technique, and really just got to get these guys to finish games and finish strong. So I think it didn't really matter what the score was; we wanted our guys to keep playing, and, and we got some valuable reps in that second half for a lot of guys that they grew up a lot in this game. So I'm looking forward to them performing next year. Right, we'll go with Jake Hatch. Yeah, Kalani, give us some of your thoughts on Zach's performance. 425 yards passing, five total touchdowns. What'd you make of him out there? Yeah, he's a great player. Uh, I've been, I mean, I think everybody's talked about him a lot, and and, and I, I hope he knows how much I appreciate him. You know, we believed in him, Coach Roderick, and, um, you know, done a great job with him. So, I, I but I, I'm just so thankful that, that I get to coach that guy. His work ethic and his passion for the game is, is awesome, and, uh, it's an honor for me to, to be his coach. So I'm, I'm really proud of him and the things that he can do on the field. I mean, he he had a great no-look pass. I don't know if you guys saw it, but this guy has got – and I've seen him practice that a lot. So it was really cool for it to show up in the game because he was torching our defense a little bit throughout the year and seven-on-seven with that throw. And I mean, he's got a lot – he practices all these type of throws, and, and uh, he's got he's just got a bag full of different types of throws that he practices. And, and for him to have that – be able to – 
And, and, and young, he's got a lot of. I mean, he's got a lot of years of football left. All right, we'll go to Jay Drew. Kalani, uh, where were uh, Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos tonight? And I'm assuming Aaron Roderick called the plays. And just what did you think of his play calling? Well, I mean, I'm not going to go into details of uh, what happens with us. I mean, this year, you know, I never went into details with um, people that that aren't aren't here, and so I'm just gonna, I'm just going to be general, Jay, and just say that um, this has happened every week. We've we've never been full strength as a staff and as a team, and so you know, we had a um, we missed some people on the field, and and uh, they're they're. Uh, our depth had to throw. We 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 pride ourselves in getting um, better depth this year, and and we had to test it quite often. And then uh, this week, this bowl game wasn't any different. So I'm um, glad that we were able to make plays and get the win. But uh, that that's kind of what 2020 the season has been for us. Never been full strength, and um, not complaining about it. That's just what it is. Everyone's in having to deal with the same thing. I, I'm just thankful that I have guys that love playing the game of football and they love being here and. And it showed tonight on the field. Last couple here. I have one from KSL. Yeah, Kalani, this type of season that you guys can build off of going forward into 2021 and, and beyond is a, is a program shaper, if you will. Yeah, I, I mean, it, 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 it doesn't really matter the, the, the wins and losses. What matters is the progress that we're making as a program. And, um, you know, the, the, for me, I, I know that's what fans look at, but for me, it's, it's, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of progress made over the last few years, you know, and um, we were really excited about this season because we knew we had a deep team and, and you know, as, as, <laughs> as it looked, we had to test it often. And, and so I'm just really proud of our players. And, and I think this is going to be a huge step forward for a lot of young guys that made a lot of plays and that have a bright future here at BYU. And, and we're going to have to lean on them heavily as we go into the, you know, the next season. Okay, last one here for Coach Sataki. It'll be Charlie McCarthy. Hey, Coach, the first quarter, you had three drives over 70 yards, less than like a minute 50 each. What is it like watching your offense function like that? Well, I mean, if they can score, I don't really care how much time they burn on the clock, you know. So uh, we we have to play a, a certain style of defense that that'll match that and complement what our offense is going to do. We we want our offense to be aggressive. We want them to score quickly, and and defensively, we're going to have to come up with some stops. And I'm glad that we were able to do that early, and 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 gain a lead on a UCF. That's an explosive team, and I felt like we were in control for for the major part of the game, and. And that is a huge part to our coaches being able to play complimentary football. And that's that's uh, that's nothing that – this can't be just all looked at the head coach. This is something that our coaching staff has worked with and our players understand. I mean, our, our defense knows that our, our offense is going to go for it on fourth down quite often, and they're going to support it. And they're up off the bench ready to go. So uh, we, we talk about our game plan. We talk about our strategy with our players. And we talk about adjustments that we're going to make. And so it's important for them to know the adjustments that we're making on defense – for Zach and the rest of the offense to know that, just like special teams. So uh, these guys understand football. I thought they've increased their football IQ during the offseason, and um, it showed. And so I I got a, a great group of young men that can be coaches themselves, and, and it, they're doing it on the field right now. And it's been a pleasure, man. I, I, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what these guys can do from here on out. That's Kalani Sitake. BYU players will continue our postgame coverage after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 49, UCF 23 is our final score at the 2020 Boca Raton Bowl. Troy Warner and Chandon Herring are BYU players at the press conference podium. Let's join in. And so uh, we came out here with a, a sense of swagger and, um, you know, just executed at a high level early on in this game. Um, so that was a, a big tribute to the game plan coming in. All right, up next, uh, Jake Hatch. Yeah, this is for Chandon. Chandon, did you guys expect to have as much success running the ball overall on offense as you guys did in this game? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Can you say that one more time? Yeah, I just wanted to ask, did you guys expect to have as much success running the ball and overall on offense in this game as you guys had tonight? Uh, yes, we uh, with the work that we put in this week and the uh, great help of our coaches and then the guys' mentality through practice, we were, we were expecting to put up lots of points and lots of yards. That's something that we've tried to do a lot this year, and we've seen success, and we're, we're happy with the way that tonight turned out. And I have one other for Troy, if I could, real quick. Troy, did you, uh, going into this game, was there a number the coaches thought you guys could hold UCF to? Would you guys have taken the 23 if they would give it to you before the game? No, I mean, there was no, there was there wasn't a specific number that we had in mind, but you know, the mentality uh, week to week is always to dominate, um, and and that and that's obviously the for them to score no points, right? And and obviously, uh, we we had some miscues early on that kind of affected that, but uh, I think overall we did uh, a really a really good job of uh, you know just staying assignment sound and and uh, and executing. Anybody else have questions for either Shannon or Troy? Okay, Jared, go ahead. Chandon, talk about the offensive success. that You had a sequence there where you scored five straight touchdowns. You guys have kind of become accustomed to that. But how satisfying is it to close out the year with that type of showing? Uh, it's immensely satisfying. Um, going into a game that you know is the last of the season, and it's been a good year, but then finishing out on a high note, and especially in bowl games where – uh, some teams won't come really excited to play sometimes. Seeing that we came out juiced and we were able to reach that is just, it speaks volumes to the character of the guys that we have and the work we put in. So it, it was super satisfying and I'm very proud of it. Let me ask Troy the same thing, basically. Just, Troy, as a senior, this you know might be the last game for your senior class. How did it feel from your perspective to have this be the final game of the 2020 season? Yeah, it felt uh, it felt amazing. Uh, no other way that I'd want to go out. Um, I, just the way the way that we played together as a team, um, the the way that we showed, you know, the fight. Um, I just, you know, there's no other way that I that I would want it. And and I think that uh, uh, it's been a great year and and the success that we've had. And and you know, it's been it's been everything I've wanted. All right, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up with these two. Uh... These two student-athletes from BYU. Continue from Boca Raton, BYU 49, UCF 23 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right. Yeah, this question's for Zach. Uh, Zach, what's... Oh, it's, we, don't, we don't have Zach just yet. Oh, sorry. Good. No, that's fine. I, I know everyone's waiting for the QB. <laughs> he's, he's doing his hair, so just give him some time to, to get ready. All right, well, come on. Well, 
Uh, Isaiah, let me ask you. I mean, there's a lot of questions about uh, your guys' defense coming in, facing this high-powered UCF offense. Uh, how do you, how do you what worked for you guys? What was the keys with the game plan that that worked so well against the Knights? Yeah, uh, just want to give a huge credit to our coaches. Um, the game plan that they put together was was one of the best I've I've been able to see throughout my time. Um, and that comes from Tuiaki and, and Kalani and then just stems down. Uh, all of our coaches have just put in so much work and uh, cr- really created a game plan that was just incredible. Um, huge coach to them and then, uh, and huge, uh, you know, kudos to our, our defense, just being able to execute that game plan, uh, being able to, to do what they've asked us to do. And so, um, but really, man, credit to our coaches. The, you know, the goal was just to contain that quarterback uh, we knew that they were going to get some big plays here and there, but to just keep consistent, we rotated a lot of guys, a lot of young guys played. And so uh, overall, just a great, great team effort, um, you know, from everybody. All right, we're going to go ahead with a question from Jared Lloyd, Jared, and then Jake. And after Jake, we'll go with uh, Ben, and then we'll get the quarterback in here. Isaiah, I just wanted to ask to break down that break that down a little bit. It looked like you guys were really trying to get in the passing lanes, force Dylan to not be comfortable. What was it like to implement that and be a part of that process to to try and really you know take away those those windows? Yeah, we had just seen on film that um, it, it, he struggled when the passing lanes were kind of disrupted and when there was guys in his face. Uh, and so we kind of you know the game plan was created around the kind of that concept and. Um, D-line worked their butts off and, and really played a heck of a game. Um, huge credit to those guys for just staying, you know, flushing this quarterback out uh, consistently. And, and so uh, that was kind of kind of where the game plan was based around, was just getting in those passing windows. All right, Jake? Yeah, Isaiah, there were reports out there that you weren't playing this game at 100%, but how important was it for you to get out there on the field for potentially the last time in the BYU uniform? Yeah, it was really important for me. Um, what was questionable and was just taking it day by day um, and, and you know, put three to four hours in each day in the treatment room just trying to get healed up and, and get myself healed and um, really trying to figure out kind of my future versus, you know, what was it going to be like uh, playing my last game. And so um, we just took it day by day, but uh, credit to the training room and, and the treatment staff, you know, for just getting me healthy and uh, get myself back on the field. It was really just a goal of mine, and throughout the week, I felt like I was progressing really well, and so um, decided to give it a go tonight. Uh, it was more of a game time decision, but um, you know, felt that I needed to be out there with my guys. All right, Ben Criddle, last one for Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah, what are your your plans going forward? Um, are you gonna have you thought about coming back next year? Or are you taking your talents to the next level um, and uh, hiring an agent? Yeah, um, great question. Still, still uh, thinking about it. Um, that'll be a decision that my wife and I will make together. Uh, we'll, we'll finalize that. And uh, my my whole goal is to take care of my wife and my 19 month old. Uh, and so we'll really do a lot of thinking and praying about the future and um, feel like I'm leaning towards leaving and. Uh, just being able to take care of them. But whatever decision I make will be because of them and, and kind of have them in mind. Is there still a chance that you could come back, though? Um, yeah, we'll see. The, the, I'm not ruling anything out yet. but All right, Isaiah, thank you. Uh, I see Jake's already got a question in there for Zach. And, uh, thank you, yes. Just go ahead and start queuing those questions up for the quarterback, and we'll get him in here in just um, a few moments. 
That is uh, Zach Will. Uh, that is Isaiah Kofusi. Zach Wilson is still to come at the press conference podium. But uh, we have Isaac Rex, we believe, on the headset or is soon putting on the headset near the Cougar locker room area and press conference area. And so if, if Isaac is on headset, we'll be able to chat with Isaac Rex before we hear from... Actually, Zach Wilson's at the press conference podium. Let's do this. Let's quickly hear from Zach, and then we'll zip into uh, Isaac Rex. Zach was for Jake. Uh, Jake Hatch, go ahead. Yeah, Zach, I'm going to get this right off the top. Is this your last game that you've played at BYU? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know yet. I mean, I'm going to meet with my family and go through the pros and cons, and we'll figure it out. All right, uh, Mitch, next. Yeah, Zach, what's the timeline for a decision when you plan to resolve that? What are you, what are you thinking? Yeah, it's kind of a rush. I mean, I'm probably going to enjoy the Christmas break and – uh, discuss with coaches and um, discuss with my family and, f- and figure out what's best. And, um, you know, obviously it probably has to be before the, the new year um, at some point. So, uh, you know, we'll just see from now until the new year. I will go with Jared. And, uh, folks, just a, a quick uh, request that if you're not uh, asking a question that you mute your microphone so we don't have to hear people typing. So we'll go with uh, Jared Lloyd. Come on, Zach. It wouldn't be this year if you didn't have people without being muted and having trouble with the Zoom conference, right? So I just wanted to talk about the game. Um, it looked like you guys, you know, you kind of took a lot of underneath stuff, let your receivers do a lot of things yards after the catch. What did you see there that kind of allowed that to really open things up and have a lot of success for the offense? Yeah, you know, they're a great defense, but we, we noticed on film that they struggle a lot with uh, – you know, crossing routes, mesh stuff, uh, stuff underneath. And so we had a lot of success with it um, as part of our game plan going in, and, and they struggled with it um, down the stretch. And so the, the goal was to get it out to, to those playmakers and let them make plays. All right. Uh, up next, I believe we had Charlie, Charlie McCarthy. Thank you. Hey, Zach, uh, obviously a lot of good things happened tonight for you and the team. Uh, when you look back, what's going to be the, the one thing you take away from this this win tonight? Uh, yeah. You know, the the love that we have for each other. I think uh, the excitement that we had to play this game um, was special. Um, you know, just looking around and soaking it all in was, was the coolest part. You know, we'll never have the same team again with guys, you know, taking off next year and things are always different. And, um, you know, just soaking it in with this team. You know, I love these guys, and that was the that was the best part is that we came out with that excitement and energy, and guys were excited to play. How was it like just having the ceremony on the field with really no fans in the stands? Sorry, what was that? The, uh, I saw the team on the field getting the trophy. What was it like having few you know few fans in the stands for that? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, shoot, tons of BYU fans there, right? I mean, that was impressive for us. Uh, we haven't had a ton of games this year where they were able to attend, and so um, it was awesome for us to be able to uh, experience having having them there. You know, it shows how important the BYU community and, and culture is uh, to all of them, and so uh, great to have them there. Great to have our families there um, and friends, and um, just an exciting moment that we'll remember forever. Last couple here for uh, for Zach Ben Criddle, and then we'll wrap it up with Mitch. Zach, a lot of elite throws tonight, but can you walk us through the play call, uh, your progression, your thought process, and then execution, the throw to Neil Pau um, to the end zone? 
Yeah, you know, great, great play calling all night by Coach A-Rod and, and Coach Fessy and, um, you know, Coach Clark, you know, all those guys had to work together with Coach Grimey and uh, Mateos out, but um, great play call there. We called an out and up with Neil. We cleared out the corners, uh, press man. We were trying to make the, the guy press on Neil feel the ability uh, to undercut the out routes. Neil set it up perfectly and um, you know, by the looks of the play, I knew it was, I knew it was a ball I'd have to anticipate to get there. So uh, I tried to just drive line it right as Neil uh, cut up the field, hopefully stick it on his body because the, the window wasn't too big. So that was the thought process there is um, they're an aggressive man team and is really trying to take advantage of uh, the out and up. Uh, we got in a couple outs on them. And so uh, Neil did a great job of catching it and, and scoring right there. Last one here. Yeah, Zach, uh, for me, it's been a pleasure covering you guys this season and just kind of finally – What's the defining characteristic of this offense in, in 2020, in your opinion, as it closes the, the chapter of the season? Yeah, you know, amazing offense, and I think it's just going to keep going from here. Um, it's been an exciting, you know, year of 2020, but also tons of ups and downs. And so, um, you know, great way to finish this way, but this offense is just going to keep improving um, into next year and the year after that. we got some great coaches and great players around that um, are used to the scheme and, and know what we're uh, asking for. And so, uh, it's been an exciting year, but we're going to keep growing on it for next year. All right, that is quarterback Zach Wilson. Let us transition right to the headset. And BYU tight end Isaac Rex joining us. Greg Grubel, Riley Nelson upstairs, and Isaac down at field level. Can you hear us okay? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Awesome. Great to have you with us, uh, Isaac Rex. It seems like uh, when you score one touchdown, a second is always soon to follow. You've kind of gotten a habit of having these uh, these two <laughs> TD nights. I like it. I should have had three. Uh, I could have got that one in the back of the end zone. Zach threw a really good ball, but I got to pull that ball away. But, uh, yeah, we're just we're just clicking on all cylinders, and everyone's getting open, everyone's getting the ball. So what a year, and it's been so fun. When you don't, oh, sorry, sorry Greg. I was just going to say, when you don't come down with them, Zach just takes it himself for, for <laughs> one of his five combined touchdowns. I know. After, after I dropped it, Zach was like, but we, we, hey, good job, Isaac, for dropping it so he could score. So I can go do, get another Do, do we wrestling. not have to give that a pass breakup, though, in the back of the end zone? Yeah, yeah the defender made a really good play, and but I still got to be better and uh, pull the ball away. I kind of like hung it out there for too long, but. That's something I could work on in the offseason uh, along with a lot of other stuff. Okay, so 12 touchdowns in 11 games for you. And when it comes to BYU tight ends, only Clay Brown has ever had more in a single season. You and Johnny Harleen both have 12, and that's tied for second place. By the way, Clay Brown's year in 1980, 18 receiving touchdowns. Wow. Three in the bowl game, the Miracle <laughs> Bowl, of course, including the one that everyone knows. But what a oh, year, my gosh, crazy. 18 receiving touchdowns by a tight end. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. He's the uh, the one against SMU. Yeah, he's the one that. Yes, he caught. Oh, the, yeah, that nice. that was one of his three that night. So we had fifteen Jeez. in the regular season, three in that bowl game to finish with eight. Well, it's all right. Isaac's got three more years, so you figure he had twelve this year. You know, is he it's incrementally? Yeah, yes. he, he incrementally builds. By the time he's a senior, he'll he'll be at eighteen. So Isaac, we you know the numbers all said we could see a game kind of like this, right? Where we're, we're, there are a lot of pass yards to be had, and yeah. Zach could throw it a bunch for a ton, and it turned out to be kind of the game we were expecting that way from you guys. But, man, credit to your defense, right, for taking a, a great UCF offense and kind of frustrating them all night. Our defense has been so good all year, man. They've been just killing it all year. They've been clicking on all cylinders. And big credit to the captains of that defense, Troy, Isaiah, Kafusi, and, and Kyrus. Those three guys really got everyone together and um, really made a big difference the whole year. So, Isaac, uh, Tyler, the offensive line, 
really all of you guys, because the tight ends, you guys were heavily involved in that, produced 214, including a career high for Tyler Algier at 173. And I think, you know, when you were attached, you probably lined up to three, maybe four different tackles as there was different guys getting injured and out, and there there was all the mix-up. But speak to the effort uh, to those five guys up front, specifically in this game, to come out with that dominating performance and really how they've done – how they've been such a steady dominant force throughout the entirety of the season. Yeah, well, with uh, Coach Grimes and Coach Mateo Sal, it was a big challenge for them to just really kind of remember what they've taught us all year. Coach Grimes and Coach Mateo have done an amazing job with that offensive line and helping the tight ends out too with our blocking scheme. And uh, they're just so smart. The offensive linemen are so smart. Connor Pay, a big shout-out to Connor Pay. Yeah. Uh, freshman straight off the mission and he killed it tonight at center uh, Joe went down with the injury unfortunately but Connor Pay absolutely stepped in and did a great job so uh, we're so proud of I'm so proud of all those guys and be able to block with them and they've helped me out with my blocking and um, they've been so cool to me so I love those guys to death and what a great year for O-line depth right you come in tonight minus James yeah, and then Joe goes true. down so you're down to your number three center you saw replacements at right, le- at right guard and right tackle. It's a deep group, and, and that depth was needed tonight. Yeah, seriously. Um, I know with James getting COVID, it was, it was kind of tough. But, man, yeah, so much uh, credit to those guys. They, they know what they're doing, and O-line is not an easy position. It's really tough to figure out the calls and the IDs, and they did a great job tonight. You know, whether it was coaching staff or, or players week to week, not everybody was around for every game. It was a weird year that way, and this, yep. th- this game was more of the same. So, so what do you say about a team that finds a way to rally, guys doing different jobs, guys doing more, guys switching responsibilities, just everybody kind of teaming up to say, we're going to get through this one way or another? Yeah, it's definitely been a tough year for – uh, injury-wise, and also just random sicknesses that pop up. But, man, everyone just has each other's backs. We all love each other, and um, we've done a great job just figuring out ways to win, you know, next man up. Um, we got to figure out a way to compete in every game, and we did that this year. We were so – I'm so proud of all our guys and just blessed to be part of this team. Few guys know as well as you do how good a ball Zach Wilson throws. How would you describe – the skills that have set him up for the next level? Yeah, what people don't really know is Zach is probably the hardest worker I, I know. Uh, he works out all the time, and he's so diligent in his film study. He watches so much film, and he cares so much about the game. So Zach is just hes an absolute animal, and he throws a really beautiful ball. But he, is, he has so much talent, but he also works so hard. So I'm so proud of Zach, and I'm just so happy to – be with uh, be with him this year and uh, you know to help uh, make some plays for him without naming a play do you have a favorite play that you run that uh, that that seems to always get you open <laughs> uh, so the all go or the the play where me and usually another tight end are to his side and we just run down the seam seems to be open all the time <laughs> and um, Zach always either puts it on me or Carter and that's just a fun play it's hard to cover both guys both tight ends but uh, we really uh, we've been working on that play all year, and it's been executed great for us this and uh, whatever game we run it in. So probably that double seam look mm-hmm. is such a good play for us. So Isaac, uh, to give the listeners out there a little peek into the the 
you know, life of a player. Up next is winter conditioning, which, uh, you know, the bad players dread, but the great players look forward to because it's a chance to, you know, build your body and acquire new skills and get ready for spring ball and and all that stuff. Do you have any, share with the listeners out there maybe any specific goals? You want to add 10 pounds? You want to get quicker feet? You know, what are your, I'm just throwing those out there as examples. What would, what are you going to work on in January, February leading up to spring ball? Yeah, I have so much to work on. I feel like I can um, definitely work on my feet. Uh, I feel like I'm a pretty good route runner, but I could always improve on that. Even blocking, I can get stronger in the weight room and continue to work on my steps. But, um, uh, yeah, I have so much to work on, and I'm going to keep working so I can be making more plays next year. So um, I just want to go down as a, a memorable tight end at BYU history and you know, keep making plays and for for this team. So there's so much stuff I could work on, getting faster, bigger, faster, stronger, and I feel like I haven't even re- reached my uh, my potential yet. So I feel like there's a lot more I can do to improve. And it's a deep tight end room uh, with Dallin Holker coming back into that room next year. Things are looking up at that position. Yeah, we have so much talent in the tight end room. And, um, you know, BYU tight ends are here to stay. Uh, I know and they kind of took a break for a little, but... You know, Matt set the set the tone for uh, for uh, all us BYU tight ends, and you know we're we're not going anywhere anytime soon. We're going to keep uh, try to have the best tight end room in the nation. I think I saw your dad in the hotel lobby yesterday. Is that right? Was he around? Yeah, he was around. He was on the trip. That's cool. Um, and then you know, not not just him, but you're able to again see BYU fans ringing the stands in Florida for a team from Utah. It's a pretty phenomenal thing, isn't it? I know BYU so international, or and Honestly, there's so many BYU friends all over the nation and even in the world. So anywhere we go, if we go to Australia, if we go to um, Europe, you know, BYU is a well-known name and a well-known college because of the church and what we stand for. So we love our fans. They're so great tonight, and they really helped us uh, get motivated to win. Last thing for you, Isaac. In, in this season of 2020, BYU played 12 games and won 11 how special does it feel to you now, and, and what do you think you'll, you'll think about most when, you, when someone mentions to you years from now, how about that 2020? Yeah, I feel like we, um, we're going to go down as one of those the great BYU teams, and uh, there's going to be a lot of guys from this team that you'll see in the NFL in coming years, and a lot of guys that were, uh, you could look back and you could see that we're making plays and, and doing a great job, so... You know, I feel like we wanted to be a team that was memorable, and we were able to do that this season. And we achieved a lot of goals, and we did a great job. So I love all my guys, and I love our fans too. Pleasure watching you this year with so much more football still to come. You've earned a a long rest before you guys grind it back up again. But uh, congratulations to you. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and safe travels, and stay healthy. And we look forward to what's to come. Yep, thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. All right, that is Isaac Rex. We will take a break, and when we come back, Kalani Sitake will be part of our postgame coverage. BYU 49, UCF 23, our final at the Boca Raton Bowl on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Restrictions apply. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. 
Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back to Boca Raton, Florida, where BYU snaps its 0-4 Florida streak with a win in the Boca Raton Bowl, 49-23 over UCF. BYU had been 0-8 in the Sunshine State. You can make that 1-8 now. It is time for the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show and a quick update that uh, shows us that BYU didn't have to kick a field goal tonight. It is our Mountain America Credit Union field goal update. For each field goal BYU makes, Mountain America donates $250 to the American Red Cross. And today the Cougars didn't have to kick a field goal. And so the running total stayed at 4,000. 13 field goals kicked with a bonus of $750 for 350-yarders, giving us $4,000 to the American Red Cross. All right, uh, before Kalani Sitake jumps on the headset, and he will be doing so shortly, let's hear a little bit of what... Uh, UCF's head coach Josh Heupel had to say about tonight's game that BYU wins 49 to 23. Opening comments from Coach Heupel. Yeah, uh, credit to BYU played uh, played really well. It's a really good football team. Obviously, uh, we're extremely disappointed uh, with the way that uh, that we played uh, here tonight. Really, in, in every phase of the football game, and and uh, so with that, I'll open it up. What, what did you think of Dylan Gabriel's performance tonight? I, I didn't think uh, offensively um, we did. Uh, did a good job, obviously, and, and uh, you know, statistics showed that um, uh, throughout the, the course of the first half and, and early second uh, as well. Um, you know, I, I thought we were behind the chains. Uh, structurally, they were a little bit different than what we had anticipated uh, going into it in some ways. Um, you know, got some things going in the run game uh, during the one uh, long drive. I'm not sure how many plays it was. Um, you know, just we weren't efficient enough all night long. You know, I mean, you look at his stat line. Um, it's different than uh, than what it had been uh, during the course of the season. Okay, we'll go ahead and uh, see if Jared Lloyd. Jared, do you have any questions? Just one, Coach. I just wanted to ask about what BYU is doing trying to shut down the passing lanes. You mentioned that it was a little bit different structurally. It looked like they were trying to keep guys uh, from uh, you know letting letting Dylan have those openings. How tough was that for him to to try and adjust on the fly when when that seemed to be their goal? Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of, uh, um, difficult to initially just uh, I didn't understand exactly what they were, were doing within their scheme um, as we did. We adjusted to it, but we still didn't play as efficiently as that uh, as we were capable of. And, and uh, obviously you know, knew what we were playing against on, on the other side of the football, too. Really good offense, explosive. There's some things in the in the first quarter that. We got to do in, in a football game like this against a, uh, a really good opponent that uh, they give you a chance to, to stay in the game. You know, we got a touchdown down, down the sidelines, got a fourth down uh, where we bust and, and they uh, they get off the field, create a negative play. Just, you know, time off, we weren't as, as efficient. That was a concern going into it. Uh, obviously tried to, to work on some things during the course of preparation to, to make sure that we were sharp. Um, we weren't at our best tonight. All right, that is a Josh Heupel, head coach of UCF. His team falls to BYU 49-23. to First time in 49 games. 49 games. That's like four seasons worth that UCF didn't get to at least 24 points in a game. The head coach of the Cougars is Kalani Sitake. His season ends at 11-1 and with the bowl win and the Cougars' first ever win in the state of Florida. We knew, we knew it would come at some time. It came tonight. Coach Sitake, congratulations on the big W and uh, finishing the year with a, a resounding win. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. I'm glad we got the win in Florida, and now we can uh, try to build a, a, a streak here. We get out back out here again. <laughs> there you go. Uh, what about this game went just the way you hoped? Uh, I, I like the fact that we got an early lead. You know, we, we felt really good about our offense, and 
Um, after two weeks of teams trying to play keep away ball from us, it, we knew these guys would go quick and that we would have a lot of opportunities. But that really doesn't matter unless you make them count, you know. So uh, we knew that they'd probably want to get into a shootout or type of deal. And, and Zach was really confident that we would get some points. Our offensive coaches were confident with it, and we felt really comfortable with our defensive scheme too. And so uh, once we got the lead and felt like we were in control, we could build on it, and uh, we could take some chances on defense here and there. And then offensively, we could manage the clock a little bit. But you know, we did that in the second half. I felt like we would, we got to uh, stay aggressive and keep our, our our foot on the gas. Yeah, uh, Coach Heupel actually mentioned the defensive scheme. I, w- I want to ask you about this a little bit. He said it was different than it was expected, uh, something you hadn't really put on film previously. Dylan Gabriel, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at a stat sheet, but 21 for 45, obviously a season low at 217. He did end up having two TDs, but they were after the game was out of hand. Uh, I loved what you were doing with the linebackers uh, where they were kind of faux rushing and then spying at the same time. Is that something that uh, you cooked up specifically for this game because your defensive scheme was on point? That's Elisa Tuyaki and Ed Lamb, uh, Preston Hadley, General Guilford. That's that coaching staff. Our coordinator devised a, a great game plan and worked worked really well with uh, Ed Lamb and then you know, I was all about I was excited about the game plan. Felt like we had a good scheme in place. And then we made some adjustments along the way as we started playing. They made some adjustments. They did some things that were different that we didn't see on film as well. And and I felt like we were able to get out of some drives. And then once our offense was clicking, we felt really good about about what we're going to do with our complimentary football. And, and um, really proud of our coaches, proud of our players. Our players felt really good about the scheme too. And we knew that, um, you know, we haven't been playing – uh, effective as a defense throughout, throughout the whole um, season. It's not like we were doing it every game, but we felt like this game was going to be a good one for us. And the only thing that I could I could really get upset about is that we didn't come down with those interceptions. You know, we had and we had opportunities to get some sacks. But that's what get, uh, Dylan Gabriel does. He creates a lot of space and a lot of, a lot of plays and a lot of time for himself. And then he takes shots downfield. But you know, we played a lot of man coverage today and. You know, we, we felt like we, we knew these guys had a lot of speed and athleticism. That That's probably something to say about our guys that we have on our team. The corners that covered today were all guys that are coming back next year. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see these guys continue to do things and have a, a coaching staff that can be creative and, and put our guys in some uh, difficult positions and, and try to get the win. So that it was a lot of fun. Against a really good passing team, you were down a couple of DBs, overcame that. Uh, offensive line took a couple hits tonight. You overcame that. But it's been more of the same, even down to the coaching staff. From game to game, different guys are in or out, and, and things need to be moved around. And this was another night where you overcame that. Yeah, I mean, that, that, you know, it's, uh, the credit goes to our, our, our team and our players and, and the, the culture of our team. Um, you know, I, I don't have to do be here even. These guys can win games without me, but uh, I'd like to be. I get, the, I get the best seat in the house, you know. But uh, we know that this game, this, this program is not about one player. And it's not about one coach, and so we can we can kind of grow, grow together as a, as a unit and keep keep getting better. We're, we feel like the the sky's the limit for us, and we're going to keep growing on this. I, I saw a lot of guys grow up. You probably heard me in the press conference after the game. I saw a lot of guys grow up and make big time plays, and 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 uh, you know it's going to be a lot of fun to see these guys in the in the next season. Coach, um, you've talked a lot about the camaraderie and the team effort, so. See if my count was right. 
Did you do an 11 for 11 switch out on defense? I know for sure you did a 9 for 9, and I'm pretty sure you did a 10 for 10, but I thought there in the third quarter you swapped out all 11 dudes. The reason why I'm bringing that up is, one, I don't know that I've ever seen it, and, two, it speaks to the depth and how you've built a true team that doesn't revolve around one single player or even one position group. Well, and we have guys that trust each other. I mean, we played 49 snaps in the first half. That's a lot. I don't know exactly what we played in the second half, but we knew that we would have to. We knew that we probably had to defend close to 100 snaps, you know, and um, and uh, we were willing to do that. And but we knew that we we had to tap into our depth, and we went two or three deep in a lot of different places. I mean, Connor Play was playing playing. uh, Connor Pay was playing center, and was amazing tonight. Mm -hmm. I mean, this guy just got home from his mission long long (laughs) ago, and he his future is huge for us, you know, and. Um, you know, Joe Tukwafu got the snaps, got banged up. We had a lot of guys step in, and we feel really deep as a, with a, as a team. But, um, you know, I, I think once we get get back to full strength and get things back to normal, you're going to see a lot of guys with competition because they want to earn playing time. And that's a – yeah, we, we have a lot of guys that we feel like can play. And, and, we, and <laughs> you know, I'm glad that our coaches put them in the position to grow because a lot of guys grew up tonight, man, and, and throughout the whole, the whole season. So I'm, I'm really, really excited about the future. The 88 defensive snaps you faced tonight are the most since you've been the head coach at BYU. New Mexico State uh, had 87 back in uh, 2018. We're talking with Kalani Sitake. We'll take a break. Closing comments from the coach coming up from Boca Raton. BYU's a winner over UCF 49-23 to on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back to FAU Stadium here in Boca Raton, Florida. The 2020 Boca Raton Bowl goes to BYU 49-23 is our final. I was in my hotel today, uh, Kalani, as we're talking with Kalani Sitake, and I was coming down the elevator with a family from Michigan that had come down to watch you guys play football. BYU fans truly are everywhere, and uh, with 6,000 fans in the stands here tonight, it felt like all of them at times were BYU fans, and you got to meet, or you got to, your players got to see a great deal of them uh, ring the, the stands at the, end of the, at the end of the night tonight. I, I mean, <laughs> love our fans so much, and, and our players. I mean, I am a fan, so I, I know what they're, they're, how they're feeling, and we 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 play for them, you know, and 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 uh, they energize, they energize us, and it's just it's just it was a lot of fun. I mean, we know they're going to show up everywhere everywhere we go and play. They're going to show up, and and I was just really proud to see them tonight and and give them all a bunch of memories and smiles. If this is the uh, last game Zach Wilson plays in a BYU uniform, he goes out with a slew of records that he already had, and some that he set more again tonight. 425 yards were a single-game high for him uh, during his BYU career. Um, you know, the, you know, the cliche is can make every throw, but he truly can, and his full array of skills were on display again tonight. Yeah, great, great player. Um, <laughs> a lot of guys played well tonight, but I, I'm really happy with Zach, and, and what a what a fantastic season he's had. Um, you know, just so accurate, and the, he was able to display all the type of throws that he has in, in, in his repertoire, and I was just like. I'm just really proud to be his coach. And so, you know, whatever happens, uh, I want him to do what's best for him. Obviously, uh, we want all the guys back. I've said that before. But 
I, I want them to live out their dreams and then and, and capitalize on the opportunities for themselves. And, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how this works. I'm, I'm going to consult and talk to him and, and talk to some scouts and some coaches and some general managers out there. And, and, um, and he'll, he'll come up with a great decision for him and his family. Yeah, Kalani, in your press conference and then also with us, you uh, you love to talk about team, but one other individual performance career night for Tyler Algier, 19 carries, 173 yards and a touch. He also had three catches for 60 yards, so a big night all around, 233 total yards. Only a sophomore, uh, a converted linebacker who really grew into his own as the uh, as the premier back for this BYU uh, offense behind that offensive line. But he ended his season uh, on a career high, similar to how Zach did in the passing game. Speak a little bit to Tyler and his progress that he's made up to this point in his, in his career. He's amazing. A great young man, hard worker. And this is, goes to show that um, BYU is a special place for walk-ons to come prove themselves um, you know, and 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 it's only it's only important for us to reward them uh, with a scholarship when they get that opportunity. And and we feel we felt like we had something special in him when he first showed up, um, and just under recruited. And now he's out here making big time plays. And I'm just going to tell you that the tandem that he and Lopini provide is amazing. The catch that Lopini had over here was a great catch. But those guys are are, are a great complement to each other. And um, I'm glad our offensive coaches put those guys in a position to, to have a lot of success, but really proud of Tyler and, and the season that he's had. So BYU tonight, uh, Kalani set a new postseason record for total offense yardage at 655. 651 was the previous record, but that came in a loss uh, to Penn State back in 1989. This is a much better feeling as it comes with a win over UCF and, and uh, finishes your year at 11-1. and one. So when you realize that your team got to play 12 and and won 11 just how proud are you of of the season that just got put together by this entire program in the most difficult year for college football that anyone will ever remember yeah just thankful for everybody for allowing this to happen and 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 putting our our team in the position to play games and and thankful that I have a bunch of guys on the, on on this team that want to play football. And they were, I mean, the loss came when when we were, you know, cards were stacked against us. A short amount of time to prepare for the game, flying across the country, and um, our guys just that mindset. We learned a lot from that game, even though we didn't win. We learned a lot, and uh, it, it, it can help us take a huge step forward as a program. And I'm just just honored uh, that that these guys are <laughs> are who they are. And um, uh, thank, thank you to their families for raising them the way that they are. And, and the amount of service that these kids do, it's amazing. So it's a special thing that we have going right now, and it's not just limited to playing football. Coach, I know a lot of the listeners out there are always interested to try and get a peek in the life and the players and coaches. So uh, what does January and February hold for you? Obviously, we just had the early, early signing period, which is something new. Everyone's used to signing day being in February. So uh, does that uh, obviously enjoy Christmas, but then is that uh, get out on the road and finish out this recruiting class and then self-scout? Give the listeners a little bit about what the next couple months hold for you and your staff. Well, last year we met as a team in January and talked about our goals. I thought it was important that we collaborate as a group as a, and let the players lead the way. 
and we had goals and and we almost accomplished all of them you know and so this this year we're gonna do the same thing and 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 Let's talk about what we're going to do as a team, what we're going to do as a, as a program and as a coaching staff and make sure that we utilize all the skill that we have and get our, ourselves in a position to have a lot of success. And that, we're going to do that in January, and we're going to go to work. We're going to go to work and try to accomplish that and, and, and uh, make some more memories along the way. It's going to take a lot of hard work and dedication, but these guys are ready for it. And uh, it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable, but but it's okay. We're, and that's for everyone. We just got to we grow when we when we uh, have uh, get, get a little bit uncomfortable. And so I'm going to ask our guys to work really hard in the offseason, and, and that's going to be in a lot of different areas, not just uh, football and, or, or training for football, but it's a lot of different things that they, they can really improve on. And if they're going to do that, then I need to lead the way as a head coach and, and try to find ways to improve as myself as a leader, as a coach, as a father, as a husband, you know, all around. So we're looking for for ways to uh, get better. And uh, what a great time in January to, to to get a New Year's resolution resolution that can be uh, centered around the program. Okay, we want to say our final goodbyes and thank yous to you, but you've got to guarantee us that you're not going to go schedule another game here in a week, right? This was it, right? <laughs> hey, you never know. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> I'm, I, I mean, I, I, I'm really happy we got this win. He's a junkie, Greg. I haven't can't seen make Tom guarantees. lately. I haven't seen Tom in anywhere lately, so, you know, we're, uh, we have a bunch of guys that can still play. We'll see. I mean. Uh, if I can get the if I can get Riley and Mitch out here playing again, then maybe maybe we can get Sneak another game. Some eligibility in there. Even if there's even if it doesn't count for anything, we can find some some good football that we can play. I mean, it's so nice and warm right now. We can we stay in Florida and play another game. Oh, we're done though, right? Are we done? <laughs> Are we done? Done? Yeah, I mean, Tom's the one that's going to answer that. I, I I feel like we're done here, <laughs> okay. but. But you never know. I mean, we'll, we'll see. No, let, 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 let's, let's presume that this is it. And, uh, and thank you uh, for, for 12 games and 11 wins and so many shows and interviews and Zooms and all the stuff we've been going through this season. But, uh, man, you make it so easy for us to do our jobs. Uh, Kalani, it's always a pleasure, whether it's pregame or postgame, to be able to talk football with you and, and, uh, and do it in a way that uh, I know the Cougar Nation really appreciates. And so, again, uh, just thank you uh, for being who you are and leading the way you do and making room for us, uh, the broadcasters, uh, in your life and your schedule and, and making yourself so accessible to Cougar Nation. Uh, you know, we and they, uh, you know, love you a lot and uh, just really appreciate you. Well, that, that's very kind of you. And you know I love you guys, right? I mean, love what you do and, and how you represent and, and, and they're able to share your, your feelings about the program and, and about sports all together, BYU, with all the, with all the Cougar Nation. I, they know that we love them, too, and I love, love all the fans out there. And I'm uh, just looking forward. I'm just going to ask the fans now, to, you know, as we get ready to, to shift things, that uh, all these other sports could really benefit from all our fans showing them. And I know they're going to represent everywhere they, they can, but let's, let's try to get uh, – you know, a bunch of uh, our attention to help these other sports because they're, they're a difference maker, man. Tonight was awesome. The, 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 the feelings that you got from them right from kickoff and pregame was, was electric. And so it's an honor for me to have wonderful fans, the best fans in the world, and, and, uh, and, and for you guys to help, uh, you know, get those guys juiced up and motivated to keep supporting us. So thank you very much. Happy holidays, everyone. Love you guys. Go Cougs. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Safe travels. Go Cougs. Stay healthy. Kalani, we'll see you soon. All right, that is Kalani Sitake. Cougar Nation Now is coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Dining's Cougar Nation Now. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be part of the show by emailing your questions to Now at BYU.edu. 
or tweet your questions using the hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. As we begin the show, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Welcome back to FAU Stadium in Boca Raton, Florida, site of the Boca Raton Bowl that goes to BYU by a score of 49-23. to uh, Seven years of this bowl game and seven games won by at least 15 points, so two score games at the very least in every game, and uh, more frequent are games like this. In fact, this looked very much like an average score game in the uh, Boca Raton Bowl where the average margin of victory has been 27 points, and BYU won tonight by 26, 49-23, in what may well have been Zach Wilson's final game in a BYU uniform. All projections before tonight were high. NFL draft pick did nothing to damage that reputation. Um, UCF was certainly a susceptible pass defense, but uh, you know Zach Wilson um, has made a lot of teams pay in a lot of different ways, and tonight goes for 425, career, uh, 425 passing yards, a new single-game career high. For Zach, this is BYU Creamery Cougar Nation. Now brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Greg Grubel and Riley Nelson with you in the broadcast booth. Mitchell Jurgens making his way up from BYU field level, where he was tonight and has been every game, and helping us uh, coordinate and speak with coaches and players uh, in postgame conversations. Uh, after every contest and of course is a big part of our in-game coverage and gets Kalani at halftime and uh, Mitch has had to go through a lot to keep himself healthy and be tested multiple times weekly every week to be part of our broadcast and we do appreciate all Mitch has gone through to make this a successful season as well. So uh, Riley we never really uh, during our post-game recap got kind of the the final word from you if you will about what uh, BYU did tonight on both sides of the ball to a six-win UCF team that has been one of the bigger names in the college game outside the P5 over the last couple, three years. Yeah, I think the offense, I look back at my keys to the game, and uh, obviously I way overestimated the offense. It, it was, a, and Hypo said it, he goes, it just, the ball didn't bounce their way, it wasn't their night. And it wasn't their night, And that, but that's two things. One, they were off, but two, like BYU made them pay at every, at every turn. But offensively, going back to the key, I've, I wanted them to – we knew there was a young secondary. We knew there was a pass-susceptible defense uh, that they were going up against, but you didn't want them to get too pass-happy. Well, I loved that first drive. It was uh, five plays, three runs – or three passes, two runs. They went pass, run, pass, run, touchdown. Or it finished on a run with the Zach run. So, sorry, six plays, and it, they alternated pass, run, pass, run. So you got to love the balance. That way you, it's – and that's who BYU has – the reason why I like that, that's who they've been all season. So they maintain that identity. Obviously. Obviously, you know, then once you get into a flow of things, they, you know, 441 passing, 215 rushing. So love those numbers from the offense. From the defensive side, they mixed it up. They played some man. They played some zone. I loved what they did with the front. They were so... Eiffel was clearly not expecting that. So let me, if, if I can paint this picture for you, all right? So three-man front, and here's, here were the games that they were playing. They'd go uh, a three-man front, so they'd have a nose and the two ends, which we've been accustomed to seeing. And then with the backers, they would do one of two things. One, right before the snap, they would uh, shift the two defensive tackles into a shade technique on the center and a shade technique 
technique on the guard. Basically, a four-man front, right? We saw that a lot. Max Tooley rushing the edge. They'd just bring the one-backer off the edge with the four-man front, and they'd play their normal zone behind it. What I really liked that they did, though, was they'd line up the three, and then they'd walk two backers up over the guards. So now you've got all five covered, and then they would take the third linebacker. They, they were nickel, so they had five DBs mm-hmm. who were either in man or showing its own shell behind. They would take the last backer, often that was Isaiah Kafusi, and the guys they had, I mean, it mixed, so I won't get into names, but then they would have a backer who was playing a little bit deeper to kind of clean up, because anytime you put everyone in the line of scrimmage, if the running back happens to squirt through, you have no second-level players until you get all the way da- back to the safety and third-level players, right? So they put him at kind of, this takes me back to my rec softball days, but like a rover. Normal linebacker depth is somewhere around four yards. He was playing back at seven. The other guys were at the line of scrimmage. Now, with the backers walked up in the line of scrimmage, they didn't come every time. And actually what they did is one would come and then the other one would engage the center so that he couldn't go and double team, which was great because when you line up all five, it created one-on-one matchups, which is how we saw the penetration that we did and the couple sacks that we did, although they didn't bring a ton of pressure and Gabriel's really mobile, so the sack numbers weren't great tonight. But he would engage, not allowing the center to either go help the tackle or go help the center, and then he would back up and do two things. We saw a lot of batted balls and we saw a lot of deviated throws. So that was often caused by the linebacker who would engage the center, step back, and then get in Gabriel's passing lane. The second thing he would do is if Gabriel ever took off side to side, that guy's responsibility was to spy him. Not necessarily go tackle him in the backfield, but run as fast as you can horizontally down and take away any angles that he has to cut up field and gain significant yardage. That was something that we hadn't seen. I Against mobile quarterback, I love that. Hopefully that's they keep this film and in future seasons when they get against the quarterback that has Gabriel's skill set, um, they they reuse that because they executed that and frustrated an otherwise prolific uh, quarterback in offense. Before the break, uh, that's Riley Nelson. Let's hear from Mitchell Jurgens. get his uh, postgame thoughts after a 49-23 to win, BYU over UCF. Uh, really complete. I mean, yes, UCF ends up with 400-plus yards of offense, but, you know, so many of them felt almost inconsequential. This game was over relatively Not all 400-yard performances are created equal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it was uh, – um, I can't hear me. Can you guys hear me? We can hear you. Oh, oh We've perfect. got you, yeah. Okay. Here. Um, yeah, no, it, I mean, it was just – it was an incredible game, um, both offense and defense. I mean, we can talk about Zach – all, all night long, just the Im- impressive things he did. I, I remember there was one play that um, he was throwing. A, it was late in the game in the for- fourth quarter. He threw a pass to Tyler Algier on the right sideline. How he got that ball off, threw it completely sidearm. Um, just the throws that he made um, on that ball to actually um, the touchdown to Neil Pau. I was I had a perfect line, almost a linear line from um, between me, Zach, and Neil. And when Zach let go of that ball, you were behind him. You know? I was so behind you're, him. You're like looking down the sights. Exactly. Yeah. I was I was looking, at, you know, at, at the perfect angle. And right when that ball came out. I thought it was completely, it was going to be way behind Neil. Um, there was no way that based on, because he, he didn't lead him that much from my angle, but because he threw it so hard, <laughs> it, it, it got there so quickly, and I was blown away that that ball got there. Um, and, and just, I, so his performance was uh, 
incredible. Uh, but then, uh, I mean, almost overshadowed by how good Zach's performance was. And I know we talked about him. He deserves all the credit. But Tyler Ogier, um his game was incredible. Um, what what an amazing runner. But the entire season that he's put forth um, coming into the season, not knowing you know if he was going to be even – uh, I mean, not, let alone the starting running back, but even a contributor at the running back position. Um, w- what an incredible season he had. And then the defense. I mean, we talked about it. Um, coming into this game, I would, if I was, you know, BYU as a defense, you heard all season long, uh, or not, sorry, all week long that this was going to be a shootout, that they were going to score. And I think they took that personally. They they thought, you know what, we can shut down this team, give offense every opportunity, and and they did just that. And so, uh, props to the coaching staff, props to the schemes that they put together, both offense, offensively, defensively, and uh, just uh, an incredible way to go out in, in this crazy 2020 season. So coming into it, the the you know both both offenses in the, you know the indications were that both offenses could produce. But only one defense really came in with a loftier reputation. And that was BYU's, and and so you at UCF was susceptible and proved to be that BYU was less susceptible, and that uh, and that trait ended up carrying the night for BYU as uh, UCF was held to 23 points for the first time in uh, in 49 games. They didn't get to at least 24. A lot of streaks ended for UCF on that note. Let's take a break and let you know that you can join our program. And the way it works on Cougar Nation now is you can tweet us or email us discussion points. And we'll pick up on the ones we like and see where it takes us in our discussion with the guys that know the football uh, really well, Riley Nelson and Mitchell Jurgens. I'm Greg Rubel, kind of a traffic cop for this portion of the program, but it's called BYU Creamery. Cougar Nation now, the way to get to us is use the Twitter and then use the hashtag BYUCNN, hashtag BYUCNN for Cougar Nation Now. And you can also email us if you choose to at CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. Cougar Nation Now has two N's at the back of that one long word, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. BYU Creamery's Cougar Nation Now continues after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 49 and UCF 23, our final score at the 2020 Boca Raton Bowl. Hashtag BYUCNN to join us on Cougar Nation now. Ryan Lundgren says, what a terrific year and a fun team. It felt like we left something on the field against Coastal, but the team responded wonderfully in these final two games. And something I've thought a lot about, thank you, Ryan, is is had BYU defeated Coastal Carolina and gotten to 11-0, would the playoff selection committee have rewarded an 11-0 BYU team with a New Year's Six Bowl bid? At the time, BYU played Boise State, and even at the time BYU played Coastal, I believed that BYU was endeavoring to finish undefeated and by so doing would get a New Year's Six bid. That was my belief. I still felt it after Boise State, and and I I even still felt it even though BYU didn't win the game. I felt that it, had they beaten Coastal Carolina, they they would have gotten a New Year's Six at eleven and zero. But then once everything unfolded over the ensuing weeks, I was less confident. And now I'm wondering that you know based on what the committee chair said about strength of schedule, 
and based on where Coastal finished at 11-0 and in the committee rankings, even though BYU's got more cachet than Coastal, more history than Coastal, uh, I still think, you know, top to bottom, probably a better team than, than Coastal. Um, I'm not sure that 11-0 would have gotten BYU into the New Year's Six. Um, in a lot of ways, it makes the Coastal loss easier to take if you convince yourself of that. But I really would love to have tested the committee at 11-0 to see what they really would have done with BYU and, and, and Zach Wilson, uh, with his platform, et cetera. But I guess what I thought were big games or you know massive games became less so as the season went along. And again, we'll never know, but I still feel that uh, 11-1 with this group, having played 12 games in this year of all years, is still a remarkable accomplishment. Well, and the individual accomplishments are are amazing to look at as well. I mean, the amount of, of individual contributors who had career years in in this season just goes to show you that there was a lot of talent that did, and every single one of these players did some special things this season that everyone's going to remember for a long time. Um, I mean, we've got a tight end in the making who could be the all-time leader when yeah. it comes to reception to, uh, reception touchdowns. Um, here at BYU, Dax Milne. I mean, set. Uh, I mean, he he was a guy that I mean, we had. You could have never told me that he was going to have a thousand yards coming into the season, and now he's man. This guy's so good, and and he has a a legit future opportunity in in the NFL as well. And uh, I mean, there's there's just so many guys that have done so many good things this season, um, from an individual perspective to make the the entire um, season so much more. Um, Admirable. I mean, just just what they were able to do, put together all these games, and and let the let the boys play in a season that they didn't even know if they were going to play this. And if they look back and look at all the things they were to accomplish, nothing but gratitude. And I think, um, you know, us as fans, it was it was sure a treat to see them play week after week and and have someone to cheer for. Riley, anything on there? I just think. Who knows what Tom's got in the mix? It was uh, it hit the newswire today that Boise is exploring options to get into uh, the American. I think as far as the college football playoffs concerned, I think we know what that's going to be. It's going to be the blue bloods and the, those that have basically limitless budgets and have dozens of pro prospects. There's just not an, uh, enough of those to go around. So you know that's going to be limited to probably eight to ten teams, and cracking that nut is going to be extremely hard so it does leave the quest for for a new year six and we saw you know you were talking about an at-large right we saw Cincinnati the highest ranked G5 which that's what BYU can strive for but as long as they're independents one of the toughest things that's going to be for them is not having a conference they're gonna their schedule heck even if you would have gone back to their original schedule a lot of those logos ended up not being like Minnesota wasn't good Utah was Utah maybe came on strong, but still the Pac-12 was kind of weak. Still don't know how good they were. You don't know. You can pack what looked like it was going to be a packed schedule. Probably BYU would have been knocked. Now, they would have still been P5 wins, but had they been able to play it out, the committee and all its human elements would have still been able to find holes to poke yeah. in it. So, anyway... um who knows what Tom's got up his sleeve? This season was an absolute was an unmitigated success in in my especially from a fan's point of view, which a fan just wants to see their team play and wants to see their team succeed. And uh, for those of you that are letting the national media and pundancy and, and the opinions of everybody else drag you down, don't let it. BYU had a year to remember. Ben Burt on the Twitter hashtag BYUCNN. Not often we get to see such great offensive shows like we have this year. Probably the least amount of anxiety BYU fans have ever had. Excited for the potential 
on both sides of the ball next year. A great year to look back on. And he added, it's amazing to see what this team and coaches can put together with more than two days of preparation. Love seeing the energy and the emotion. Seniors left a statement for underclassmen to follow. Amen and amen to that. Nick Newman with a question for Riley Nelson. And he asks, in your personal opinion, what do you think Zach should or will do? says, it's hard to leave that much NFL money on the table, but you also have a lot to prove against better competition next year. What do you think? <laughs> I, my quick retort, and this might be a little snarky, so it was Ben. It was from Ben. Nick Newman. Oh, this was from Nick. Okay, so sorry, Nick, if this comes off that way, but the best competition in the world is found in the NFL. So if he feels like he's got to prove himself, no better, pl- no better proving ground than the NFL. To go there and take a job and start developing there. Honestly, like it, the, it was mentioned how uh, by Isaac Rex in our post-game interview, how much time Zach puts into, he's basically already made football his job, and luckily, from what I've heard, it, the burden got easier. They didn't have to take up for anybody who went to BYU. Those steps from the SAB up to campus, I swear those take, those probably, Mitch, those probably <laughs> took, you know, at least 70 yards uh, off your legs a season by, by what they take out, but the burden that having to remain academically ineligible and all those things, and not, not only that, just to remain eligible, but then also so to pursue academics as a second career, if you can unhitch that burden and go make NFL money and have football be your job, that is every football player's dream, and I think you should pursue it. And that if I were if I were in Zach's scenario, that's what I would do. Now let me let me preface that with this. Oh, go ahead. No, no let's go ahead. Well, I was just going to say you can put him for an evaluation. I would make sure that the what the GMs and scouts, the people actually making the decisions to draft you, have the same opinion that all the national talking heads. Because here's one thing that is a harsh reality. At the beginning of the season, all the hype and when Zach wrote his ramp-up hype, now I think he's backed it up with his play. You, tape don't lie, right? A common refrain. But when he took all that, it was when BYU was the only show playing. And so nobody, everybody had no choice but to put Zach as one of their top quarterbacks because all the other guys weren't playing. So I would just make sure that, because you can submit, and Kalani talked about this in his post-game interview. You talk to GMs, you talk to co- you, and you talk to scouts, and you talk to talent evaluators. If their opinion of you is as high as all the talking mm-hmm. heads is, then you go. Yeah, and 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 not that you know NFL GMs and personnel people are infallible. They make mistakes every year on high right. draft picks. I mean, they're they're constantly blowing picks, uh, but. I think you can see in Zach Wilson a lot of things that are translatable that's not just competition-based. I mean, what Zach does with a football are things you could do against um, any number of high-profile programs. Um, And and so I think you don't fool a lot of those guys. So And and, and I'll bring up, and this is just a top-of-mind guy, Um, a quarterback who's taken a huge leap, came out of a non-P5 program a few years ago. BYU beat this quarterback, uh, Josh Allen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, He plays a Wyoming schedule. All right. They saw in Josh Allen things that they felt did translate, regardless of competition, to the next level, and he's proven them right. And it's taken a little bit of time, uh, but he has a lot of the same skills that Zach Wilson has. Athletic guy with a with a with with a gun, and that's what Zach has as well. Different build, I think, and and maybe not not a totally identical skill set, but a, an example of a guy that didn't need P5 competition to prove to NFL guys in a pretty short span of time, too, that he was the real deal. Well, here's what you do know about Zach. You know that Zach, when given 
when given protection and when given playmakers around him, which he had here at BYU and against competition, the, he is going to produce at, a, at an elite level. What you didn't see about Zach is is like, okay, let's say he does go to a bad franchise. Is this someone where you can throw it on his back? Like, let's uh, use another guy, Deshaun Watson. All right, he was another first round out of Clemson and all that. Houston has been mediocre, and they've devolved into just a bad. Sorry, Mitch, it's your hometown squad. That's so. <laughs> no, they and they've just devolved into an absolute mess of a franchise. Yet he continues to go out there, produce not as many wins, but produce some wins, keep them competitive in ball games, put the team truly on his back, and do that. Do we know if Zach Wilson can do that? No, we don't. But do we? If Zach Wilson can walk into a scenario like I'm looking at the draft scenario, and and San Francisco's lurking like somewhere between nine to twelve. And if Zach's the third quarterback off the board, which he is in, in many mock drafts, that could be very well where they could fall if they're done with Jimmy G, although they've invested a lot of money in him. Sorry, we won't turn this into our NFL draft show, but but like if he goes into a scenario like that with Kyle Shanahan, who is proven to be innovative in the way that he establishes the run game and then the way he architects his passing game off his run game, he takes pressure off the quarterback to where all the quarterback has to do is execute the offense and be accurately and make the occasional off-platform mm-hmm. throw. Like He can do that. Now, yeah. if is... Anyway, so so that's what I'll go there. If he he won't succeed if he's put in a scenario like in Green Bay. Now they wouldn't ask him to, but you've got Green Bay where Aaron Rodgers is doing sixty to seventy percent at the line of scrimmage. He's not going to be able to do that, right? Maybe given some time, ten years of career. But um, what you know about Zach is give if he's put in an advantageous scenario for a quarterback where he's just asked to go out there and throw and play and be accurate and be on time, he's going to be able to do that. We'll take a break. It is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now, hashtag BYUCNN. Cougs over UCF 49-23 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Hashtag BYUCNN on BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now. We'll have a trivia coming up at the end of this segment. Our final trivia question for two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. We're in a place, Florida, where ice it's an ice cream day uh, today. It's not so much back in Utah, but even though it's middle of winter, the ice cream still goes down good. It's a famous creamery ice cream, and we'll have two half gallons coming your way for correct trivia answers in just a few minutes. A uh, question coming in from... Uh, at Chaplain uh, Schumann. He's a, a regular contributor on the program. And he asked uh, for our favorite memories from this year. And uh, so many, but I, I think at the time, and it's, it's a game that kind of lost its, its feel of importance as the season went along. But before Boise, before Coastal, the Houston game. Uh, I, th- that felt big to me for whatever reason. And I, I just felt the way BYU found itself trailing by double digits late in the third quarter and then turned it on to win going away, that kind of first really cemented to me the kind of potential this team had this year, especially offensively. And, and that, was a really, um, that was a really encouraging night. It was an inspiring night. It, was a, it felt like kind of a barometer night. Uh, it was a national you know, Friday night, only game in town kind of feel. And I felt at that point that uh, this could be a special year for BYU after what we saw that night. I respected Houston. They weren't great this year, clearly, but... Um, they they challenged BYU, led them big, and and that was kind of the first indication that wow, we could be onto something here. And then it went from there. Yeah, so uh, I mean, I would I would totally agree uh, with that Houston game, and and one of the reasons is I think every single fan, I know I felt it. I'm sure I'm sure we all felt it at some point. There was there was a time in that game where it felt like 
we lost the game. Um, and there wasn't there there wasn't really an opportunity or window to come back. Just the way the momentum had shifted, Houston took control of it. They were in the lead, and it felt like there was no way BYU could turn it around and come back. They obviously did that. I mean, you talked about it. But one of my favorite memories was the Navy game. I was just going to say, I'd be game remiss. One. I, remember, I remember I was taking yeah. a selfie in that stadium parking lot. It seemed like just a couple days ago. Yeah. But that put us in a position to say, okay, we're playing football here. Somehow we did it, or they did it. But you're right. As soon as you started talking, I thought, well, how can I forget Navy? Because that was the one that said, this might actually work. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, on top of that, right, not only were they playing football, BYU did what we haven't seen BYU do in so long was play a quality opponent. I mean, Navy was a very successful team. Um, in the previous year, and then they come in, win 55-3, to completely shut them down on the defensive side. We saw some bright and shining stars on the offense. That was just one of those moments where you look back, and <clears throat> it was so cool to be in that stadium as well. I mean, yeah. really, um, just so much um, so much history there, and, and you could feel just how special of an atmosphere that was. Yeah, good call. And, and then to come out and, and see BYU do what they did, um, that was that. That was one of the things I'll remember. Riley, uh, probably a highlight reel of I, I just am a sucker for good quarterback play. So there's probably a dozen throws. My favorite of the you know of the maybe season I said on the on air it was my favorite of the season was the Neil Pau throw. But there have been so many others by Zach. Whether it's was the um, one to Dax Mill across the body. Do you remember that one? And across the field, across the, yeah. the sixty-yard throw. Field. Yeah, I'm yeah. Try, I was just trying to look. I'm looking at the schedule to try and remember who that was. That was against Texas State. Um, there was another one, which was the game after that. There was a Western Kentucky throw where he's climbing in the pocket and he rips it. You know, fifty plus. There was. How about this? There, it, people don't remember because it was an interception, but he threw it. Uh, he was just short of 70 yards in the air. He threw it 68 yards on the Hail Mary at the end of the half against Coastal Carolina. I mean, f- for a guy that was, like, muscling it out there to get 60 and see him kind of flick it, <laughs> you know, 68, is uh, those those were fun things for me. But, but getting to watch him and then getting to watch the guys around him emerge, those were uh, probably my favorite memories. If I weren't – and I agree with all of you guys as far as the actual game and calling and the broadcasting of it. All right, Stephen Vincent uh, with a comment for us on hashtag BYUCNN. He said, Romney, Milne, Rex, and the quietly fantastic Neil Pau were one of the best receiving cores in BYU history. He says, I anticipate they'll all be back. What will they be like next year with a new QB? Of course, we presume that you know, Zach's not here, somebody else. But we talked about this on the drive into the stadium today. Uh, whoever the new guy is, presuming all, these four, all four of these guys come back, that that's going to give any new quarterback a huge comfort zone uh, to work with, and and O line beyond that. If you've got if you've got O line and those four guys and Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa, whoever the new guy is, and he'll be good, is going to be in a great spot next year. Yeah, and the one thing I'd add to that is. Also, is so new quarterback, and you hope new staff. I mean, there haven't been any rumors. I, there are always rumors, but coaches are free agents and can go from year to year. But you hope the staff stays the same, so that they know those players and they know their strengths and they know how to put them in the best position to uh, succeed. That would be the other thing. But it, it, if the staff can stay largely the same with those guys coming back, it doesn't matter who the next guy is. Man, if he can just 
if he can just because that was one of the great things about Zach is in years prior like I think about the the, the Hawaii Bowl last year and the whether it was the fumble in the goal line or the pick in, in at the to start the the fourth quarter like he was just trying to do too much the difference this year was the staff and the players around him allowed him to just be him and he, he was never pressing he was never forcing he was never trying to do so much and we saw what it, it was able to produce to provide that foundation for whoever the next guy is uh, would be tremendous and the least not the least of which is this excellent receiving core and what you just mentioned about the quarterback is reflected in something at Jimmer Ainge just tweeted in and it's a great point uh BYU had quarterback health the entire season Taysom Hill in 2013 that's the last season the same guy started every game okay it's been a long time and here seven years later uh Zach goes start to finish has a remarkable year an amazing year and, and it had been a long time. There was a little bit of running back health uh, to get through. Uh, you know, Tyler missing a game. Lupini got banged up. But for the most part, um, the guys that needed to stay healthy stayed healthy all season long, essentially. And, um, and that was half the battle this year. All right, let's uh, do this. Let's offer you a chance to win two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream by giving to you a trivia question. And uh, before I do that, just very quick. Um, <laughs> Let's see. A uh, quick couple of email comments before we do that. Von Ray in Chandler, Arizona. What role can this historic year play in elevating the program for future years? What do you? Is there any carryover? Do you think recruiting? Yeah. Like how and, much BYU was in the was in the media and all that. Hopefully the coaches were absolutely doing their best during the season. We know about the early signing period. I think there were a few good gets that a lot of people are excited about. Finish out the class. Um, you know, through February, but that to me is, I think, the biggest thing, and that's what they can control. The rest of the stuff is largely out of their control. Mitch, any uh, thoughts? This, uh, I second that comment. Hmm. Uh, a couple of co- people emailed me about uh, Kalani um, opting to take a knee at the end of the game. Why didn't BYU try and score again? And it's, that that's who Kalani is. It's who this team is, and that's not been that's never that's never really changed. When he said that, right, I, I mean, and I got to play one year with Kalani a, as a player. Um, so his first year in 2016 was, was my last year playing. And that was one of the things that I'll forever take from Kalani is um, he preaches love, right? Uh, it, it's better to play with love than it is with hate. Um, and and that's in every aspect of the game. And so that's something that every single coach is going to respect. Kalani said it. Um, in the um, in his post game um, with you guys on headset, where you know he 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 you know locked eyes with the head coach um, across the field, pointed to his knee and and gave him a thumbs up, and yeah. uh, you know it, it's a sign of respect, appreciation, and uh, you know guys like Kalani they don't come around too often, and um, just a, an incredible move by him, and and it, it just shows how well loved, appreciated, respected he is across the entire college football. Um, atmosphere you know, across coaches, across conferences. Everyone knows and respects Kalani. Last comment from uh, Twitter with hashtag BYUCNN. The question from Jason is, what's the likelihood that the Cougs could play in a New Year's Six Bowl next season? Well, of course, we don't know how many games they're going to win, but if they if they were to win 10 of 11 with next year's schedule, uh, they, they, they'd be in, in perhaps an arguably better spot than BYU would have been at 11-0 with this year's schedule. Let's say that. All right, uh, half gallons of famous creamery ice cream, two of them, for the correct answer to this skill-testing trivia question. 
and it'll be hashtag BYUCNN, Twitter answers only, and the first with that hashtag that's correct wins the ice cream. So BYU scored 49 tonight. It's pretty good, right? But in which bowl, in which bowl game, so you're going you're to name the bowl, in which bowl did BYU set its single-game bowl scoring record? In which bowl did BYU set its single-game bowl scoring record? That's your question. Hashtag BYUCNN for the answers. Next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, lots of correct answers came in, and and some came seconds apart, but the first one to cross my timeline, so I have to go with this, comes in from Stephen Vincent, who says the New Mexico Bowl. And it was the 2010 New Mexico Bowl in which BYU defeated UTEP by a final score of 52-24. to I asked you to name the bowl, and he said New Mexico, and that satisfies the demands of the question. So even though there was more detail from others that followed, uh, I will say that Stephen Vincent was first on my timeline with the correct answer. So the question was, in which bowl did BYU set its single-game bowl scoring high? And the answer was the New Mexico Bowl. It came in 2010, 52. BYU scored 49 tonight in defeating UCF. So, Stephen, I'll get into your DMs, and we'll get information exchanged, and we'll get that ice cream uh, to you. Uh, in the Potato Bowl, BYU scored 49 as well. So 49 tonight, 49 Potato. Uh, 48 in a loss to Memphis in the Miami Beach Bowl, but 52 is uh, BYU's all-time single-game scoring record for the postseason. All right, good stuff. That will do it. Uh, We should tell you that Ralph Sokolowski has texted me that it is 254 days until BYU's next football game. Scheduled to be against Arizona in Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas September 2nd, 2021. So we shall hope that uh, society uh, modifies to a great degree between now and then and things get more or less back to normal given nine months to get there. Let's uh, let's all hope for that. But that's going to do it. That's going to wrap up our football coverage for this year. Uh, and, and again, I, I still think back on that Navy game and how, how I remember so many things about it as if it were just a couple of days ago. But it was, um, you know, almost four months ago. But over this time, uh, so much has happened, uh, both uh, you know nationally and globally, and in the world of sports, that has uh, taught us so much about the ability to uh, you know reach near normalcy in a lot of ways, and how difficult it is to truly feel like anything has been normal in this past season as well. But either way, BYU got through it uh, with such great success and resolve, and uh, kudos to everybody in the BYU program. Uh, administration and uh, coaches, players, staffers, trainers, medical, everybody for getting the Cougars through this and getting as much BYU football to fans as was humanly possible this year. 11-1, what a season in uh, 2020. Final game was 49-23, BYU over UCF here in the 2020 Boca Raton Bowl. Let's thank our crew back at BYU Radio, our engineers, Sean Fay and Barry Squires, our coordinating producer, Terry South, our control board operator, Cole Wissinger, our studio host, Jason Shepard, here in the booth, our engineer, Michael Wimmer, our spotter and broadcast assistant, uh, intern Tyler Gibb, and then that leaves uh, the three guys on the headset. And uh, I thank 
Riley Nelson and Mitchell Jurgens for another great year. Uh, you're such wonderful partners and are becoming such great broadcasters a year by year. And I know fans feel the way I do about uh, just the appreciation I have for you and your contributions. You bring so much to the broadcast. Couldn't do it without you. And uh, thank you to you both for being such great partners and teammates and, and putting on a great show for Cougar Nation. You guys are awesome. Thanks for the opportunity, Greg. Yeah, thanks, Greg. All right, so let's uh, let's say goodnight and so long and wrap it up. So for the man to my far left, Riley Nelson, and the man to my near left, Mitchell Jurgens. My name is Greg Rubel. Thanking you for tuning in to BYU football tonight and all season long. So in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Boca Raton, Florida. You've been listening to live coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years, Smith's Food and Drug. Smith's now has grocery pickup and online delivery to save you time. Also by Zions Bank. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. BYU Football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Keith Vorkink, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and Associate Athletic Director of Corporate Sponsorship Casey Stoffer. BYU Football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network. <laughs>